So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Feature Creep without Ned, so welcome to Feature Creep. Colon built in microwave. Semicolon. No Ned but all the peppers. No Ned but all the peppers. <coughs> oh boy, have we got peppers. We have like pepper, so many pepper, things. Pepper, pepper, pepper. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Fuck Peter, we just have peppers. Yeah, we don't need Peter. Yeah. Um. <coughs> puck, puck Peter, we just have peppers. Plenty we of have peppers. maybe seasonal allergies. We're not sure. <laughs> That's uh, also possible. <laughs> also possibly. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about peppers because I love peppers and Lauren loves peppers. <clears throat> I think Ned loves peppers, too, but he's not here. So he's not here. So we're just going to talk about peppers without him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been wanting to talk about peppers for a long time. Yes. And you and I have different relations. We love peppers in different ways. Meg is yeah. good with the plants. And it has so many plant friends. Oh, I grow so many plants. Yeah, they grow so well for you. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, I had um, I had two giant Mad Hatter pepper plants that were originally one Mad Hatter pepper plant, but it got broken on the way out of the garden store. So I propagated the part that broke off and I potted mm-hmm. that too. And I ended up with two giant pepper plants that I brought in and they were putting out peppers like into december yeah they were and they were huge they were four feet yeah they were really tall Mm -hmm. um they were big they were both potted Mm -hmm. so i just dragged them in and big pots like yeah big pots like eight gallon pots or something like that that how pot i don't maybe this is why plants don't do well for me because i don't even know how pots are measured this this might be. <clears throat> I think a lot of times connected. they measure pots in terms of the inches of the di- the diameter of the oh, pot. Okay. That so makes sense. Like four inch pot, six inch pot. Um, these I'm not even sure. I, they're so large. I just figure sure based on like volume as opposed to inches. Um, but yeah, in order to grow pepper plants or tomato plants, you need like a lot of dirt. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. <clears throat> they like to spread their feet out. So I had a. Uh, I had both of those Mad Hatter pepper plants in my house until Christmas time ish, and um, they put out peppers, and I dried them, and they're all hanging in my kitchen. And mm-hmm. I just used them actually. I made little egg souffles in like a muffin tin. Oh yeah, and um, well, it was silicone, so it's not actually a muffin tin. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, um, actually, and it's red, the same cool red color as the cord on our microphone. Mm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, they turned out great and I just used these little dehydrated peppers and I kind of like tore them up and stuffed mm-hmm. them into the egg batter and mm-hmm. then just baked them in the oven and it turned out really good. And, you know, they're fun to look at. <clears throat> they are pretty because they have that kind of like, I don't know, lan- is there a lantern pepper? Is that also? Yeah, so they look just like scotch bonnet peppers, but yeah. they are not scotch bonnet peppers. No, they have, they remind me a tiny bit of like what I've gotten called Italian frying peppers because hmm. you put them in that lasagna. Yeah. Yes, I did. That's right. <clears throat> They're, um, they have like three or four lobes. So they look kind of like a weird little, f- like a fairy hat. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yes. Funny little hat, um, and I think they're very attractive. I yeah. think they're a very cute. In my mind, it's kind of lanterny hat. E. Yes, I mm-hmm. would agree. 
Yes. <clears throat> like a little a little dollop off the end of the stem. <laughs> a little funny little thing hanging off. Yeah. They're not pointy or long and skinny like a lot of peppers are, like chili peppers or jalapeno peppers. No, yeah, they're more, they feel more chibi. Yeah, they're like a weird smushed shape Mm -hmm. with lobes. Probably why I think they're cute. They're very adorable. Don't all humans love squished things? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, um, those peppers are great. They're really mild. They don't taste like scotch bonnets. They, They have a very delicious flavor. They're red peppers when they're ripe. Mm-hmm. Um and <clears throat> but not as I would not call them as sweet as like a red bell pepper at the grocery store. Or not as one note sweetness. Like right. Like commercial red bell peppers are just very sweet. And yeah. I, I find that just fine, <laughs> but yours feel like they have more I have uh, so much crud. Sorry, complexity. everybody. Yeah. Um the red peppers at the store don't they don't have a lot of depth or breadth yes, to their flavor. Yes. The real one note peppers. Mad Hatters are a little bit better. <laughs> real one note pepper there. <laughs> Just uh, play that pepper off stage. I mean, um, I do like that Scotch Bonnets as a hot pepper have um, an element of floralness, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Like a jalapeno is very green. Scotch Bonnet mm-hmm. um, has this kind of, yeah, for lack of a better word, floral quality. I think the ghost peppers do too. Mm-hmm. Like those Buccalogia peppers. Mm-hmm. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I've never heard anyone say it. I've just seen it written. Um, yeah, the ghost peppers are like hotter hot and shit, but <clears throat> they have such a delightful flavor to them. Yeah. And I just love them. Trader Joe's makes potato chips that are ghost pepper flavored. Oh. And they're really yummy. I bet. Yeah. They have really good snacks. Trader Joe's has. Yeah, they just do. top tier snacks. Yep. They they're amazing. cheese crisp things that are probably just like, you know, I don't know. Parmesan and Romano mixed in equal parts, baked in a mini, super mini muffin tin or whatever. Yeah. But it's delicious. (laughs) (laughs) And they come out like little crunchy. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like little lacy, crunchy Mm -hmm. nuggets. Delicious. They're so good. Eat them by the handful. Salt and fat. (laughs) Just like pound them down. Mm -hmm. Um, I like things that are spicy that cut through things that are very rich so that I can eat more of yes. the rich and more of the spicy things. I really like uh, um, things that interplay with each other. So like yeah. you said, like spicy and rich, um, sour mm-hmm. and rich, sour, or sweet, sour, spicy is just like yeah. my holy grail. I yeah, will. totally. The trifecta. Mm-hmm. Are, there, um, <clears throat> are there peppers you don't prefer? I don't like jalapenos. I think jalapenos have a place. I like their vegetal quality and their mm. greenness. Ugh. That's yes. what I dislike about them. I love them pickled, though. So I was going to say, it depends what you do with them. I, I do think they're very, very good pickled. Yeah. I think their greenness goes well with that. Oh, I love pickles. I, I do think they are sometimes very nice with sweet things because of that. So like mm. a jalapeno cornbread. Yeah. I do like that, be, especially because it's often a sweeter cornbread. That's okay by me. I like jalapeno cornbread. I've done smoked uh, jalapenos, mm-hmm. and I was quite pleased with those. Those had a very, very nice flavor. Did you smoke them on your big green egg? Uh, I was running the kitchen for a large outdoor art event, mm. and our camp happens to have a smoker, so I smoked it in that. Nice. That sounds really yummy. Um, <clears throat> I use it kind of like an oven. It's the closest thing to an oven. So like I've done a frittata in it, and then... nice. 
Yeah, and then just had it cold and for breakfast in the morning, people could just slice out a big chunk of cold mm-hmm. frittata, which is actually <laughs> in a warm place is a perfectly fine breakfast. Yeah. I didn't have a crust because cold crust is gross. I think making a peach pie with habaneros in it would be really good. Yeah, I think habanero would be good with that. Mm-hmm. Or like other fruit pies. Habaneros are really good. I think maybe even the ghost peppers would be good in fruity stuff too. Yeah, I would be curious. I'm thinking right now about jalapeno and cranberry and apple or something Ooh. really sweet. So that you kind of have this sour, sweet. Yeah. And and the greenness there might, I mean, a, a habanero would be great for sure. But that to try to take advantage of, to honor the jalapeno. Yeah. I really like habaneros with other sweet fruit. Or, or jalapeno, so like sorry. Peaches or strawberries. Like yes. that shrub we oh made my God, with, it's peach so good. with the strawberry and habaneros is so good. I mean, you made, all last summer, you made multiple habanero fruit purees and they were all, every mm-hmm. single one of them was fantastic. Delicious. Sometimes I like jalapeno with pineapple. Yeah. It goes well with that. And I really like jalapeno in like, uh, what's the name? There's a Middle Eastern green sauce that is <laughs> very similar to a, the the green sauce at the pizza place near here. Yeah. Um, but it's like... Is it Shug or something like that? Shug? Is Zug? it Z-H-O-U-G? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, some people do it with jalapeno, but it's like I think a lot of cilantro and maybe mint. Mm-hmm. That sounds um, right. And garlic maybe yeah. and vinegar. Probably depends a little bit where you go. And there yeah. I do, again, like or like a, a chimichurri, something where you have already have a very green flavor. Yeah. Or the places <clears throat> where I would use a jalapeno. Yeah, here's Zhug or Sahawag or Bizbas. Mm-hmm. It has lots of names. It's a hot sauce originating in Yemeni cuisine and other countries of the Arabian Peninsula. It's also called Mabouj. Mm. Does it say what's usually in it? Let's see. Wikipedia says... Oh, should we spell it for people? If you want to look it up on Wikipedia, it yeah. is Z as in zebra, H as in hotel, U as in umbrella, and G as in George. George, um, <clears throat> let's see. Bunch of different types of jug, apparently. Made with red peppers for red jug or green peppers is made with green peppers or jalapenos. And um, apparently in Hebrew, it's also called harif. Hmm. <clears throat> and it's a popular condiment. It is really falafel and shawarma stands and served with hummus. Made from fresh red or green hot peppers, seasoned with coriander, garlic, salt, black cumin, and various spices, and then mixed with olive oil. Hmm. Sounds delicious. Some yeah. also add caraway seed, cardamom, and black pepper. Ooh, caraway and cardamom. Yeah, that sounds, sounds nice. Mm-hmm. Those are two of my favorites. Uh, yeah. So yes, I guess I'm willing to defend any pepper. <laughs> Look at me, I'm like, no, 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 we can't throw the jalapeno out completely. It just has to have stay in its lane. Right. <laughs> oh. The pepper that I uh, have, um, that's a part of my identity. Yes. <laughs> is the New Mexico hatch pepper. Ooh, Because yeah. New Mexicans are uh distinctive about their pepper yeah they they uh there is great state pride in their pepper hatch chili the right? hatch chili yeah. right it's the it's the chili or chile or no 
it's spelled slightly different than other chili and some people um try to pronounce it a little differently because of that oh yeah <clears throat> are they wrong oh i don't care oh i don't know <laughs> i don't know come down one way or another on that yeah uh and so that is uh and i have a great great fondness for it like uh green chilies are like uh i can remember what the whole town smells like when they're in season in oh. august because they're always roasted well Mexico hatch chilies are done two ways. They're either picked green and then roasted, and they have just a fantastic roasty flavor. Um, Do they or, get like charred and stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the skin blisters, and then you peel it off. Uh, and they're always the green ones are always roasted. Amazing. Uh, or they're ripened to red and then dried, and that's what ristras are. The hanging again with the hanging chilies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And okay. so that's the red version of the same pepper. But that's always dry. I've always seen it dried. And then usually it's powdered. Yeah. And then made into sauces. I'm hoping to grow and then powder a bunch of stuff from my yard this year. Yeah. I I have a great dehydrator. It helps with the powdering. Yes. 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 I, w- I want to borrow it. Mm-hmm. And if I like it, I will get one because I, I have a little dehydrator attachment for my Instant Pot. But hmm. I'm going to need a lot more room than that. I'm curious about how that works. But. Yeah. It's on the air fryer attachment. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, because usually you need a fan for dehydration or that's an helpful part. Yeah, it turns it into this, you swap the lid off and the new lid mm-hmm. is the air dry, air, fr- air fryer lid, air fryer lid. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I thought that would be helpful because I, I, was, I was really ambitious about growing strawberries last year and I was not very successful. It. Growing them or eating them? It growing them. Oh. I mean, I feel like berries are hard because if you're good at them, then the birds just eat them. Yeah. Maybe that's why I they think have I was like bad a at them. Maybe I was sense. good at them and yeah. I just didn't know. I I had an apartment. Uh, uh, one of the places I lived was the lower floor of a duplex. The owner was on the, the top floor and had a stunning garden in the back and like a gazebo and a koi pond. It was beautiful. Oh my God. It was so lovely. And it included a really sizable strawberry patch. And I just have all these memories of like going to the backyard during strawberry season and being like looking around and being like, okay, that one, that one will be ready tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I would go back the next day and it would be gone. gone. And perhaps my landlord went and picked it. But I feel like at least one of those times they were like out of town or something. Son of a bitch. So. Some little critter got it. Yeah. Yeah, they knew it was going to be ready tomorrow, too. I bet, in that case, I bet that I had more strawberries than I realized, and they were simply stolen from my yard. Mm-hmm. It would not surprise me. Well, me either at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> those strawberries looked really healthy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I not getting any berries? Mm. Because the birds are taking them. Munch, munch, munch. Um. Uh. What other stuff? Oh, I really like to make... So yeah, we were talking about pickled peppers. I love pickled peppers. I was going to say, are we still talking about peppers? Otherwise, I can also talk about dehydrators for forever. I would love to know about dehydrators. Tell me about dehydrators. No, no, no. You should go on about peppers. I didn't mean to um, derail (laughs) The rules, Meg, the rules. No, I just... I was also going to say that uh, the Scoville heat scale to me seems like total horseshit. It does. And it's based just on a person. It's just like somebody's feeling. Yeah. If Ned was here, Ned would look it up and read it all off to you guys. But yeah. we're going to do our own thing because we're our own people. Yeah. And so we're just going to rant to you about how it's just Bullshit. really subjective. Yeah. And it's also about like it's supposed to be how many spoonfuls of sugar you have to swallow right. to put out the f- 
inferno in your mouth and i'm like there is literally no way to empirically test whether something has a million scoville units right like you can't there's no empirical evidence for any of these claims and also people claim that habaneros are like hotter than jalapenos are like full of shit Mm, it does. I do feel like jalapenos are very variable. They can be real fucking hot. Yeah, and they also can be pretty mild. Like jalapenos seem to me often like they vast wide range. I yeah. don't think that. I think it is unfair to paint all jalapenos with the same broad stroke. I think you're correct. They are not, not a monolith. Discriminate. That's right. They're not a monolith. Damn it. Also. Is there not a piece about peppers cross-pollinating very easily? And does that affect the hotness of your hot peppers if they're near a less hot? Do peppers like to get it on? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not honestly sure about how that works. So Uh, Partly because I've never really been successful at growing peppers, except for the ornamental ones, which are easy to grow, but not uh, good tasting. And so those hatters were gorgeous. I actually thought you were great at growing peppers because of them. Uh, I was like, they were giant and they grew into December. So clearly Meg is awesome at growing peppers. Thanks. Um, Yeah. Like I, I didn't do good with habaneros because it's never really warm enough here. I felt like that I could see. Although our friend Laura gets habaneros off of her plants every mm. year and they are hot as fuck. So who knows? I mean, she is a master gardener. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, I It doesn't say here. Like I'm looking under the habanero page hmm. from our beloved Wikipedia. Uh, it's just such a good starting point. Um, and I I don't see anything here about. Under the cultivation, would that be? Let's see. Um, they have crossed the Yucatan habanero pepper with a heatless habanero from Bolivia. I've seen hmm. the heatless habaneros. I'm not really interested. I like the heat. I have never seen the heatless um, habanero. He, he, a guy named Michael Mazurik created the heatless version that he called a habanada, as in like <clears throat> no heat, like mm-hmm. nada, yeah. nada spicy pepper, nada, nada, nada heat. Interesting. De nada. Anyway, um, I think that's a little weird. Um, Humans do love to um, manipulate. A little racist. Black habanero is an alternative name often used to describe the dark brown variety of habanero chilies, which are slightly smaller, more spherical. So like this, hotter than a regular habanero with a rating between 425,000 Scoville units and 577,000 Scoville mm-hmm. units. Really? Really? Yeah, I, I, my understanding is they, they still do Scoville units by having like a person eat them. Yeah, this is ridiculous. So I call bullshit on the Scoville ranking. But uh, it doesn't say anything here about like growing or cross-pollinating. So this is why I ask. I have a, a CSA, a community supported agriculture box or farm box, sometimes mm, people call mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. And so we pay and then get a portion of the bounty and harvest from this particular farm. Yes. Uh, who is, in my opinion, amazing. Best CSA ever. <laughs> um, Harmony Valley, if you're in the upper Midwest. Harmony Valley. Harmony Valley. Uh, and so they write a newsletter and share details about what's going on on the farm and they grow those little sweet eating peppers, the ones that are like, I don't know, anywhere from... The snacky guys. Yeah, like yeah. two inches to four inches long. 
Um, they have hardly any seeds and you just like put the whole thing in your mouth in one or two bites or whatever. Right. Dipped in hummus is optional, mm-hmm. but you couldn't go wrong. And so they're very sweet <laughs> and delicious, mm-hmm. but apparently, and they send them to us in like big bags. <clears throat> and there was like a note in the newsletter after the first delivery that was like, so apparently we planted our sweet peppers a little close to our hot peppers and they cross pollinated. So most of the sweet peppers are very sweet, but you will occasionally get a very hot Yikes. one. They'd had parents, I believe, complaining because they gave their kids the little sweet Aww. peppers. That's funny. It is. And then and then so I would bring those sweet peppers to work, you know, and, and they're uh they're about I think they're I think of their flesh as almost as thick as a, a commercial bell pepper. Yeah. And they come in lots of colors, but they do come in a lovely yellow. Mm-hmm. And they can be, you know, if they're four inches long, they're more tapered like a jalapeno. Yes. But when they're shorter, they do feel a little more chubby. Yeah. And so I, I just lay all this down for context to explain the story <laughs> of a coworker who had been having the sweet peppers that I brought in. Uh-oh. And then a different coworker brought in habaneros <clears throat> that they had grown and just had them out in a bowl. <sighs> and poor Nicole came into the office and was like, oh, and just picked one up and popped the whole thing in her mouth, to which everyone around her is like, oh. And then... She and realized, she and she's like, I thought it was like those peppers Lauren brought in. And I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I did not mean to lull you into a false sense of security yep. of tiny yellow peppers. That's exactly the phrase I would have used. Mm-hmm. The false sense of security, right? As you said it, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, somebody played a nasty pepper trick. I know, I know. And I feel inadvertently like I was a part of it. <laughs> I laid the groundwork at least for the trick to be played. Uh, I w- we were watching um, Hot Ones a little bit ago and I'm not, I can't remember who it was that was on, um, but they were talking about how they were getting like the shivers and yeah. like the cold sweats and stuff and I'm like, that's, that's, that's like, that's all your noradrenaline and your norepinephrine kicking in. Like it feels so good. Yeah, I mean, I hot food does release. Hot food. Yeah, real high. Yeah, oh, so wonderful. It's like I feel alive. I feel amazing <laughs> right now. <laughs> I feel alive. It's just like in a totally altered state. Like, woo! Chili peppers are great for that. Um, the nice thing, of course, is like, well, what's interesting about chili peppers too is that, like, when your body when your nervous system interacts with capsaicin or whatever, it doesn't know that it's not on fire. Yeah. And so you release endorphins the same way that you would if you were Uh actually being injured, except you don't have an injury. There's no tissue damage. Right. And so you just get high from it instead. Sure. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It's great. From what I know. It's fantastic. Um, It's interesting. I think like, I think chili peppers have all kinds of synergistic effects with other um, substances as well like some of the mm. like the dr christopher medical book that i have upstairs mm-hmm. talks about using cayenne pepper for all kinds of different things okay um and to like boost the efficacy of other like herbs and tonics and things yeah i think of ty- cayenne and turmeric as often being mm-hmm. used yeah together yes i don't know yeah, and then you have to have black pepper with all of that too, because it like makes it more bioavailable. It's super weird. Ah, I, okay. I'm not exactly sure why. Why black pepper? Mm-hmm. I mean, I who knows? That's a really interesting question. I know that black pepper does make other things more bioavailable if you take them together, and so it's hmm. when you take supplements, you should take black pepper just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Just like a a mouthful of black pepper. Yeah. 
just chew on a handful of a fistful of peppercorns. Rather than chaw. Maybe a fistful of peppercorns should be the title of this one. I, that's pretty good. <laughs> a fistful of peppercorns. Is this where I insert a, a plug for long pepper? If you've never used long pepper, go go look it up and find some. Ooh, it's what's long charming. pepper? Long pepper is a different uh, variety plant. I, I don't, it may be a distant cousin of what we think of as pepper, but um, it, uh, it, when you see it, you'll be like, that looks like a long peppercorn. Like you will be like, oh. that looks like long pepper. They're often like an inch to an inch and a half, three quarters to an inch and a half long. They're about the thickness around is about the same as the diameter of a average-ish peppercorn. Uh-huh. And they're long and slightly bumpily and black. Weird. And, um, but when you crush them... They look, uh, they remind me inside a little bit of a pine cone. Like oh. The structure. Like they're solid-ish, but you can kind of see some of this. I don't know, what am I trying to say? Like, I feel like it radiates, it grows out from a core. Interesting. And they do have a slightly, vaguely piney quality to them. Mm. Um, they have a little bit of a heat it's not the same kind of numbing heat that you get with a Szechuan peppercorn, which is also not from a peppercorn plant, but, you know, shares its name. Yeah. Um, right. But it 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 feels a little closer to that kind of heat than black pepper. Yeah. Which feels a little sharper. Yes. Um, and I think long pepper is really traditional in uh, like Malaysian cuisine Okay. I think parts of, uh, I don't know the full regions, but across Asia, mm -hmm. and I thought into parts of North Africa as well. Mm, okay. um, I believe it's originally from Asia, but, uh, nice. and, and it probably, and is often used, like many cuisines with, along the Silk Road have like complex spices. So it's yes. layered in with other things. You also find it a lot in uh, anybody who's doing old, like uh, historical cooking. Okay. Um, both in Europe and the <clears throat> Americas, as well as, you know, throughout the world. Many uh, like ancient Roman recipes yeah. or or stuff. You could look up a picture of it. It's, it's I am pretty about cool. To, yeah, I'm gonna. So long pepper. Go look it up. Long pepper. And there it is. Oh, they look so funny. Yeah, don't they? They're, they 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 do look don't like they look like long little pine cones. Yeah. or like yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that is super. I mean, this is basically exactly what I was picturing when you said it. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't lie to you. I didn't so, play a joke on you. So interesting. Yeah. People use it making chai. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So ah. I was going to say, my understanding is it's often used in complex spice blends. So people have probably had it, but don't necessarily no. know it. Right. Wow. Interesting. Here they are on Etsy. You can get them on Etsy. On Etsy. Uh, so you... So yes, little plug for long pepper. Go look it up and maybe buy some. Yeah. And, and try some. And then you also... Um, you were going to talk about food dehydration. Tell me oh, about yes. this because I'm very excited <laughs> about food dehydration. I, I love eating dehydrated strawberries better than I like fresh strawberries. They're so good. And they're expensive. Like yeah. dehydrated Except strawberries. Except at Trader Joe's, they're pretty affordable. They are very affordable. Speaking You're of Trader Joe's correct. snacks, they're, the king of snacks, like Trader Joe's. $13 a pound there or whatever, $14. Yeah. And most places they're like 25 or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. And you can like sometimes, like I when we were in Yuma, 
there was a Walmart there and they sold like big things of dehydrated food mm-hmm. and they had one a huge thing of strawberries but it wasn't like super economical to get the giant one i and thought that it would be but i was like were they freeze dried or regular dried so dried. freeze dried is different yeah so freeze drying is is okay so the dried strawberries are the ones that are still kind of gummy and yes. gooey yeah i'm talking about freeze dried trader joe's has freeze dried and they are amazing freeze dried are the ones that are like you know quote unquote ice or um astronaut, uh, astronaut food right. or astronaut ice cream they're the ones that have in a pleasant way a crunchy but slightly styrofoam-esque quality yes um and they have amazingly long shelf life yes they don't, well, they do have some shrinkage. It's not a lot, but that nice kind of crunch. Mm-hmm. So freeze drying at home, freeze drying is expensive. Yes. There is now a company that has a home freeze dryer. I too love Whoa! freeze dried things. I think freeze dried pineapple is the most shit. addictive snack in the world. It's, it's the shit. so good. Freeze dried strawberries are also great. I love freeze dried raspberries for like a little like mm. oh, natural. If you like sour things, mm-hmm. freeze dried raspberries are a delight for your mouth in so many ways because they kind of shatter into these little oh. styrofoam balls. Oh. And then when you crunch down one, you get this little like tiny, tiny, tiniest fist of sour just punches oh. you in the middle in the punch. little spot on your tongue. But it's like the teeniest, teeniest punch. <laughs> and then you bite down another one and it does it again. <laughs> a little sour first. I love them. I love them. Uh, Very tart. That's so yummy. Very enjoyable. <laughs> See, a party in your mouth. I want to do like I want to freeze raspberries in nitro, mm. and then like eat them freezing fucking cold, like dipping dots. Oh, I was thinking to see if they would carbonate, like Ooh. The, when you put fruit in with dry ice. Yeah, as it sublimates is that the, yes yeah then the gas. it happens to grapes right yeah like grapes. grapes that way uh yes. strawberries i think are supposed to be very good that way too Ooh, that sounds good i would eat that for but sure. i've never done it with a raspberry i don't know how it me either but they have those individual little fruit balls that are surrounding the seeds you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you can pull them apart pips is that what pips i guess i don't yeah, know probably pips. But yeah but you if you freeze dried them or not freeze dried them if you like whatever uh quick freeze yeah the um dry ice freeze them mm-hmm. if you dry ice freeze them you could pull the actual little lobes of the raspberries apart probably and then you get like the little oh, tiny punch. that's what i see what you mean by like yeah. dipping dots yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 okay i gotcha that would be cool yeah because you can definitely separate out the little lobes you could before they're frozen yes and you can do that with the freeze-dried ones mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. kind of Pull them apart. Crum- yeah, p- crumble them, pull them apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So there is now a company that makes a home freeze dryer. It's like $3,000. I've looked into it. We could get a timeshare together. <laughs> I I'm down with this. know several people that are like, oh, maybe. Maybe we should all just get one. It's the first home freeze dryer that has been available. I want it really bad. I do too. I, I really, really want it. Apparently, freeze-dried pumpkin pie <gasps> is the living effing shit. It's oh my god! So good. I, I, I I watched somebody eat one. And they're like, I don't know why that astronaut ice cream is a thing. They should have astronaut pumpkin, pumpkin pie. Pie. Yeah. Because it's a custard, a lot like ice cream. Yeah. And then the crust would get 
this shattery quality and then you'd have that kind of airy styrofoam but like a punch yeah. of cinnamon just seems like a, a real nutmeg. winner mm-hmm. you know i knew some people who got really high on nutmeg one time no way yes really yes That's, isn't that an urban no it's not it's like Wait. you have to eat quite a bit you of do it. i was gonna say i thought it was like and a lot it is like toxic i mean it's not great they were very inebriated really um and it lasted a very long time <laughs> don't take nutmeg i was like is this guys. where we have to say don't do that at home don't do it because you're not going to have a good time that's the thing like if this right. was like the type of thing where secretly people were like nutmeg terrible for you you can't do it because it was actually really awesome on the down low and they were afraid of it and so they were telling people not to take it meg they, would tell you the truth. i would tell you the truth mm-hmm. and i'd be like no no you can totally do it but i'm here to tell you nutmeg uh-huh. is a terrible terrible experience you will be in an altered state that is altogether completely unpleasant you will lose motor coordination you'll look like a fucking idiot (laughs) like it's terrible and it's gonna last a really obnoxiously long time like you're gonna wish the whole time Mm -hmm. you were sober it's gonna be terrible don't don't take and don't take a psychoactive dose of nutmeg Mm mm-hmm I mean, also, it's a lot. So banana peels, do right? Isn't oh, that yeah, the other one? Something that's about like... banana peels, smoking banana peels. No, don't, don't do, do that. that. Listen, there's like all kinds of things that you could maybe get like altered from, like doing it the hard way. But also, there's just like drugs and drug test kits that you could just buy some somewhere. Probably you know somebody already. <laughs> you don't even, maybe you don't maybe even you don't know even that know you know, know them, somebody. but you do know them. <laughs> 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 don't. I mean, when in doubt, there's always hot peppers. At least there's always hot, hot peppers. peppers. Take hot peppers. You'll get high as hell off of hot peppers. Right, right. Yeah. High oh, as hell. So dehydrating. Yeah. So, yeah. So freeze drying uh, makes that really fun texture, but is difficult to do at home because you are, as the yeah. name implies, you are freezing it rapidly and drying i mean it. how much energy does this suck up do probably you need a, a special lot. dedicated circuit in your house and shit mm, like my sauna i don't know i do think it takes a reasonable amount of time and they're not huge they can't do very much at a time mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know depending on what your strawberry harvest was you might need to do four to six batches okay depending on they have two sizes i think um one was several thousand and the other one was a few thousand more <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> three thousand and five thousand maybe right twenty five hundred and yeah. forty five hundred who knows somewhere yeah, else. Uh, we could look it up but that's again not not our not worth our time right versus regularly dehydrating which makes like fruit leather yes so you which could... i am also a huge enormous fan of can you make that in the oven you can so with regular drying dehydrating the real thing is you want just a tiny bit of heat but ideally actually not very much Mm -hmm. the raw food people are really into keeping it under 145 yeah because you don't damage the enzymes and all the other things yeah i i haven't done as much research as i'm sure i could i'm always a little skeptical of some of that stuff because i know a lot of enzymes are in in produce are super sensitive to oxygen yeah so once you whir everything up in a blender to make the puree it's fucked already yeah or slice it and so i mean my understanding from a food preservation standpoint the best way to preserve nutrients is flash freezing Mm. Mm -hmm. um and like i think from there then it's dehydrating and then it's canning okay possibly yeah and it is true that canning does produce higher temperatures so right 
yes, you have to like autoclave it or whatever. It, more or less, yeah. But and so, but part of what you're trying to do with with dehydrating is the other reason you want a low temperature is just because almost everything has sugar in it, mm-hmm. and with prolonged exposure to heat, sugar starts to change a little bit. So oh. like you're never going to caramelize the sugar; it doesn't get that hot, yeah. but. Um, I feel Does like, it affect its shelf stability if you alter the sugars? I only know for dehydrate, regular dehydrating shelf stability, I know is primarily linked to how dry you take it. So if you can shit in your own house or if you dehydrate shit in your own house and you put it up for like long-term storage, how long is long-term in these I would cases? vacuum seal it. Uh-huh. If you put it in vacuum sealed bags, again, how much moisture you take out of it. Because you can dehydrate stuff like the fruit we dried fruit raisins and stuff they yeah. don't dehydrate that all the way because it's more pleasant right. to eat right yeah but otherwise can... it'd be like tree bark yeah or cement well i think th- so what i was gonna say well let me answer your question and yeah. then i'll come back to this thing that i think is really co- one of the things that excites my like food nerd with dehydrating yes um but so it depends on how much you dehydrate it but if you vacuum sealed it i would think most things with a reason like most fruits so reasonably high sugar content I, I I mean, this is a little bit out of my ass, so you know, I would check my numbers, but I would say at least two years if you're vacuum sealing it. That sounds right to me. You know, and probably honestly, I mean, I would not be surprised by 10 years. Okay. Now, if you make it really dry, I mean, easily you could get 10 years. If, you, if it's super dry mm-hmm. and then vacuum sealed, I think you'd be able to get a very, very, very long shelf life. And you can always rehydrate stuff. So like even yeah. if you make it super dry that you wouldn't want to eat it as is, well, then right. you just, I mean, that's the secret to British cooking, right? You take yes. some dried things, soak it in booze, and that's it. It's half of it right there. Yes. Right? Yep. That and also Yorkshire pudding. But that you put raisins in that or currants. In, yeah. So you're right. Brandy. There See? you go. Did I tell you Spotted that dick? MRSA came from hedgehogs? No. <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of like Britain, hmm. MRSA came from hedgehogs, the methicillin resistant Staphylococcus aureus infection, which is like infamous because Ned and I had a MRSA couch <laughs> for a minute. And, but. Also, somebody in the trailer park that I lived in at the time had MRSA. It was a lot of MRSA. In 2020 was a lot Did of MRSA going on. Did the couch have the MRSA? Uh, maybe. Oh. Well, it could have been transmitted to the couch from sure. elsewhere. We're not really sure. Long from story, a hedgehog. From a hedgehog. Probably. Uh, yeah. Don't let hedgehogs in your house. Don't let hedgehogs sit on your couch. Yeah. So these hedgehogs. Don't smoke nutmeg. Don't let hedgehogs sit on your couch. Don't let hedgehogs on your couch. Don't smoke the nutmeg. Um, actually, when the people who I know got inebriated off of nutmeg, they ate it. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, so the situation with hedgehogs is that they have Staphylococcus aureus bacteria that live on their skin mm-hmm. all of the time. They're a natural host for Staphylococcus aureus, and so this bacteria rides around on this hedgehog, and the hedgehog runs around in the dirt. And what's in dirt? A bunch of fungus. And you know what fungus produces? Antibiotics that kill bacteria. Mm-hmm. And so this particular bacteria that lives on hedgehogs that comes into constant contact with the dirt and the fungi and the hyphae sure. in the dirt that produce the antibiotics, the, uh, in other words, they produce reason. methicillin. Mm-hmm. Um, those bugs that ride around on the hedgehogs have learned how to evolve to evade the effects of the methicillin that is produced from the fungus in the dirt that the hedgehogs live in. And so that's where MRSA came from. And MRSA Mm. kills people big time. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh yeah i mean it's real hard to get rid of once you have it yeah i mean any of the drug resistant yeah drug resistant gonorrhea real yeah. tricky real tricky we don't have it in minnesota yet wrap it up we don't have it in minnesota yet that's creepy there's speculation that gonorrhea really only became an sti and this i i want to be clear this is me i have not reviewed the original research that this is based on uh-huh. so again fact check me but uh <laughs> somebody 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 out there <laughs> the research team when they get back from when they their get back crashed in the andes yes and hopefully most of them get back the ethics of who gets eaten first i when are we going to do that show? I don't I'm know. We were talking about, it. I talked about it with Ned earlier today. Cause we don't were, do that one without me. I will not okay. do the ethics of who gets eaten first. Yeah. Without you. I thank you. I really appreciate that. Absolutely not. Um, they can fact check me. Oh, mm-hmm. but so there's speculation that gonorrhea really only became an, a, a real STI with, uh, kind of, they're talking about the change like humans effect on their environment. Yes. And so the speculation is that, uh, ba- uh, the bacteria that cause gonorrhea, um, live in the throat of humans and while there the conditions in the throat mostly keep them in check uh-huh. uh you know saliva actually is very effective at at um being a barrier yeah and uh, protecting us and then so it wasn't until we started putting our mouths uh onto other mucous membranes that don't have saliva and then the bacteria went there and those environments, those pH, those conditions were different and the bacteria was able to really grow and develop and become what is now what we call gonorrhea. And so somebody was talking about this as an example of humans affecting their environment. Mm-hmm. And I love this idea of rather than coming from animals and infecting us, it's a thing we always had in us and it wasn't until we sort of infected ourselves in a different place yeah. through, through, and then it's, to me, it's, charming that it was through oral sex i'm sure through for other people it would be a sign that god doesn't want you to do that (laughs) darwin doesn't want you to do that right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah just to me that was just fascinating in terms of that is really really cool Mm -hmm. man i have uh, this had not occurred to us dude (laughs) That's really interesting. I was delighted some years ago to hear that one of the populations in which um, STIs are most prevalent are older people. Yes. And I was like, really? Like, I found that really surprising for some reason. Not because I'm dumb and think like, ew, old people don't have sex. I was going to say, my young people are always fascinated by it, too. They're but like, because really? they're like, old people still have sex? <laughs> I'm fascinated by it because I'm like, didn't you fuck faces like learn by now? So this is actually what I <laughs> what I tell them when they go, oh, sure, is I say not that old people still have sex. You're like, well, think about it. Who didn't get sex ed? And then they're like, oh, mm. and then I'm like, and then they all live together and they're like, oh, yeah, they don't have any clue. <laughs> they're just running around. Well, they're not probably impregnating each other because it's a little Seems late for that. Unlikely. You know, I was thinking about unintended pregnancies the other day and how like half of pregnancies in the United States are unintended Mm -hmm. and I'm just like guys get your act together 
Yeah, I mean, we also can have the show where we we discuss having kids. I don't want to come right out and say that you're wrong, but I think we do <laughs> come down on different sides of this. Yeah. The argument that people should never have kids because their kids might, because their kids will have experience terrible things, somehow to me is not compelling because my brain is like, but if all humans never had kids because they would experience terrible things no oh, humans would right. have ever had kids right so i'm a i'm a uh, a strong my my stance as an antinatalist are yes super, antinatalist thank are you i couldn't super remember informed by personal experience sure yes um and so therefore do not extrapolate well to larger populations that helps a lot actually yeah. to hear you say that yeah because then I, I was actually trying to think, I was like, is this because I embrace like kind of elements of Buddhist teaching that like suffering is the root, that desire is the root of all suffering and life is pain. Like life has suffering in it because we all have desire and which is why we practice these things to, to help liberate us from suffering. Um, but it's a lifelong practice. And so it's sort of like this, I don't know, that comforting concept that we are all small and insignificant and all will experience pain in life. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think and like, so. I thought our difference w had to do with that. So to mm. hear you say instead that it is heavily informed by your personal experience, yeah, is helpful to me. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty personal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I also think like uh, you know, I'd like humans like to think of themselves as separate from like the the great chain of biology and we're yes, not we really do and we're just going to do what other populations do and multiply to the point of collapse and then collapse and then multiply again to the point of collapse and collapse again and that's what systems like that's what biological systems do over and over again and so i really don't think that there's any way around it like the fact that people get knocked up all the time is probably just something that is not avoidable in some ways like not through social engineering probably i mean i don't think you'll ever get rid of it entirely but we have seen major changes in fertility in recent yeah. you know in the last i mean really 40 years what, I would say. what accounts for the changes do you know i mean i would i would want to read more from actual experts before i said like caused yeah. i have heard speculation that um uh change the decrease in fertility rates is seen most predominantly in highly developed countries uh-huh so like some people just do say like no birth control really is a game changer like if you let people decide uh-huh if they're gonna have kids and when and how many and actually let them choose most people are going to edge towards having fewer kids mm. like like the only reason that people had high fertility rates is because they couldn't make that choice. Yeah. Because that choice, they weren't given that autonomy or option. Sure. Um, so some people say that, um, you know, some people certainly talk about the differences in living conditions and life expense expectancy mm -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, when you are living in a less resourced place, um, in addition to actual access to, you know, healthcare and, and contraception, um, yeah. you know, a higher need for children if more of them pass away or if you're, you know, need more people to do work, right. um, in a industry or, or 
you know, farm or whatnot. Um, and so that as countries become more developed, there's less need for that larger family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, many people in the U.S. like to talk about it as being linked to uh, people waiting to get married. Mm. People getting married. I mean, the average age for marriage has is close to 30 now, I believe, or around 30. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like it's really increased. And so that as people are waiting mm-hmm. longer to get married, then are they also waiting longer I mean, they're also waiting. Like they are how, also waiting longer to get pregnant. I mean, right. that is also true. How much? By how much did the birth rate fall? That is a good question. Is that? Are we talking um, birth rate when we say fertility rates? Or are we talking about the number of times that people get pregnant? Oh, What's I should know rate? this. Fertility. I believe birth rate is all live births and live i used to know what the cutoff was for live birth i think they had to live for a couple of days Uh to be counted as a live birth um and then i think fertility rate includes abortions okay i think fertility rate is birth rate plus abortions okay that makes sense. And abortions is also tricky because that includes typically, I mean, as best as the numbers, and not all states report these numbers the same way. Yeah. But, you know, just in case our listeners don't know, there are spontaneous or quote unquote natural abortions, mm-hmm. which are pregnancies that that don't survive or terminate themselves, which by some estimates is like 30% of pregnancies. Yeah. Also known as miscarriages. Right. Well, I think it also depends at which point they are in yeah. the development. Like many of them happen very early on before there's really much if any beyond they're still almost zygotes like yeah i was just gonna say they probably like some as early in stages so that they're still considered zygotes and not even fetuses yet exactly yeah um and then there are also you know become increasingly hard to get but then there are also medical abortions you know that that people um I don't even want to call them elective like that. I don't even want to say people choose because often I'm, I don't know. Cause I, my opinion is that abortion is a type of medical care. Yeah. No different than any other medical procedure. Yeah. Um, things are complex and so whatever. Yeah. We don't question the reasons why everybody goes to the doctor for every single thing. Right. The fact that we question this thing reveals more about our social setup than it does about the thing. It shows that there are some things that people will, butt in on even when it's none of their fucking business right and the reason they and butt questions in on, about bodily autonomy yeah. and, and you know and then things get real i think uh, i find a lot of the interesting th- and maybe this is why we're friends meg yeah i find a lot of the interesting conversations are at the borders like often oh, people yes. can agree on the middle yeah i had to answer a young person's question about porn and i was trying to find a quick way to explain <laughs> I didn't want to say everybody disagrees about what porn is. Yeah. But almost everybody disagrees about where the borders of porn is. Oh, for sure. Like, there's certainly some things that there's... And I was like, how do I say this easily? Like, I don't want to say everybody disagrees about all porn. There's many things that pretty much everybody will be like, that's porn. But then there's just as many things that only a few people will say is porn. And like that border. Oh my God. I love and it. And so bodily autonomy, reproduction, and uh, ment- and ability status, yep. Yep. Are, that is a place where I feel like there's a lot of interesting ethics because that's a yeah. place where we really take away people's autonomy. Yes. So. 
I like it when you stumble on something that you're like, what is this? I don't, this doesn't make sense. And then you're like, oh, wait. <laughs> like we found these amazing videos on YouTube of people making tiny food. Yes, yes. I think you showed me a few of them. They're yes. really charming. They're really charming, but they also have ASMR involved. And it lends oh. this very like... They synergize in a way that makes me think that it's very specifically appealing to a very narrow group of people, uh, like not broadly appealing. In mm -hmm. other words, it's just not broadly appealing. And I sometimes wonder if like there just feels like something else going on here. <laughs> I'm like, I, I feel like I've gone into the wrong room. Like when you have a dream about showing up and everybody in class is yes. not the people who you're supposed to be in class with, yes. but they won't let you leave or something. And uh -huh. you're like, I feel like. I got here by mistake. <laughs> I think I opened and the wrong door. And I'm just going to leave. Oh, the door's locked. All right. I'll just sit quietly at the back. <laughs> because this is not for me. I love that analogy. Oh, I'll just sit quietly here at the back <laughs> until you're quietly. done. Nearest the door. Right. I'll just let myself out at the earliest convenience. But feeling kind of like a voyeur the whole time. Right. Like, mm -hmm. oh, man. I f yeah. So I think if it... This is where we need uh, uh, bisexual Ben from the or orgy Ben. Right. Bisexual Ben. Yes. Orgy Ben who could also share, I'm sure, some story of going in the wrong door mm -hmm. and being like, I'll just sit in the back until you're done. Just sit back here. So um, I'm referencing a previous guest. Yes. Listener. I also love the, the thing about how like bisexual people can't use chairs. <laughs> Do you know about this? No. So like this is hilarious. Uh, Carol was telling me about this. Okay. And they said, like, oh, there's all these, like, you know, tropes about, like, all different types of people, but one of the tropes about, like, people who are bi is that they can't use chairs. And I was like, I fucking hate chairs. <laughs> <laughs> like, no shit. Huh? Prove the boy, right? I, know. <laughs> I have never heard this. Can't use chairs? Can't use chairs. I think this is a thing with the kids, right? Like the, the yeah. teenagers or something. Like ask. it's some kind of like a meme with younger people. And like I I don't know if I missed the like I I may have missed the like point the point in my life where it was significant to me. We were just talking earlier about how I don't subscribe <laughs> to identities. Yeah. And so like um having to like assert what sort of like an identity I have gender or otherwise is uh, has always been like an issue I'd rather sidestep because yes. I just don't want to I don't want to throw darts at that dartboard and um and get the darts stuck there and anyway whatever weird metaphor um I you were not alone in that regard I I just yeah, so I w I think the point in my life where I may have been compelled to try and define this sort of thing for myself was like long since past. Yeah, quite and possibly. And it did not coincide with the social sort of uh -huh. like reckoning that people had with the concept of anything outside of male and female gender roles that have been hammered since the fucking whatever pilgrims or I whatever. I mean, and even heteronormativity. Or yeah, so... Yeah, so I I or, I totally missed all of the comp like compulsory heterosexuality comp hat comp hat or oh, there's a different word for it, but yes, yeah. So yeah, I I was like, this is funny. I didn't know any of these any of these like <laughs> sort of like funny stereotypes, 
But the one about the chairs, I had not heard the chair. I know, I know. Is it like because they're on bicycles? I I don't don't know. I don't know why. Too busy bicycling to use a chair? I don't know why the chair thing. I just think it's funny because my whole life I'm like, why am I the only person who can't fucking sit here? Yeah. Like, I just can't. I hate chairs. Is that part of your identity? It is part of my identity. (laughs) Turns out. Yeah, well, turns out, like, me just being like, I hate chairs. Somebody else is like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. I I was oblivious the whole time. Uh, Yeah, so the chairs thing really cracked me That is funny. Yeah. I really enjoy that. That's, Yeah. I don't remember how we got off on this. I I did want to say the thing that excites me about dehydrating. Yes. One, uh, fruit leather is very easy to make. Mm-hmm. Two, you can make it. It's very easy to make very delicious. Like, yes. And three, it's a really great way to use up fruit that's like going to go bad. Yeah. So soft and squishy, you don't want to eat anymore, but it's not actually... It's not bad for you. It's not actually... Well, I mean, like, like tomorrow, it's going to actually taste moldy or gross Mm. or start to ferment. But, like, today, it is technically still good, but just texturally a little unpleasant. Yeah. And that makes fantastic sorbet. Oh. And for fantastic fruit leather, it has an extremely high sugar content, which aids in the texture on both of those things. Oh. And you're not going to want to eat it and you whir it up so it doesn't matter if it's ugly and bruised. Bingo. Yeah. All those strawberries that you just, that aren't fuzzy, but you kind of don't want to eat. Yes. Fruit leather. I love or smoothies. Or I love to give my little worms moldy fruit. Mm, oh, I bet. Yeah. They love it. They're like here's a little sugar bomb. It's mm-hmm. a little like monster energy drink for a worm. Yeah. Right. They're doing pretty good. They're starting to move up into the next tier of their <gasps> home. Good job. They're graduating home. their new apartment in the sky mm-hmm. to a deluxe apartment in the sky. sky. It's such a great <laughs> song. I used to watch that all the time as a kid at my grandma's house. I did not know that. Oh, so good. Good to know. Yep. So one of the things I like with dehydrating fruit leather is mm-hmm. one. Uh, yes. Two, if you're camping, uh, dehydrate or, or you just want to save space. Uh, dehydrated soups store. Oh, yeah. It's very satisfying. Uh <laughs> It is to have this little bag of like powder that yes. you made and it weighs nothing. Yeah. But then you're going to be able to rehydrate it into like something delicious. That's it what I want to do with my garden this year. It's really, it's, I find it very satisfying. So what kind of a dehydrate? Well, no, I don't want to interrupt you. So then the, you. the other, so second thing is dehydrated yep. like uh, meals for camping, backpacking or prepping for the end of the world or whatever. Yes. Um, and then three uh, is uh, dehydrating things and powdering them. Yes. Uh, yes. Did I tell you about my mushroom and asparagus powder? That was yes! my stuff last summer oh. that I was doing. So I was taking like the ends of mushrooms. I do often not cut off the bottom of mushrooms, but people I live with do. And uh, so I just I, use the whole thing I that comes, too. however it comes. That's I what just I eat do the too. whole thing. Yeah. And if there's a little dirt on it, who cares or whatever? Yeah, I eat the dirt. But some people cut the little butts of the stem off and that I live with. And that's fine. I just collected them and dehydrated them. That's smart. And then I put them in the blender. And then I had mushroom powder, which is like just a flavor bomb, little umami <laughs> bomb. Yeah. And I did the same thing with the asparagus ends that I snapped off. Now, what kind of mushrooms? All kinds, mostly crimini, 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 yeah, crimini, crimini, crimini. probably that's probably our 
default. Or baby Bellas, if no, you're like all American America about it. America. This is America mushrooms. America mushrooms. <laughs> we do get mushrooms in a, we do have like a mushroom farm share kind of thing. A separate one from your CSA? Uh-huh, yeah. Just for mushrooms? Uh-huh. Well, we get mushrooms, eggs, Whoa. and cheese from them. It's a pretty great combo, let me tell you. Wait a minute. How come you've never told me about this particular I must not really like you. (laughs) I will tell you about it. Now you have to. Yeah. Or I'll never let you leave this basement. TC Farms. TC Farms. uh Like Twin Cities Farm. TC Farms. How many eggs do you get? A dozen. I could get more. Oh, could you? mm, I think so. They might have a cap. We go through so many eggs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a little counter thing that lets me scroll it up. I think the most I've ever gotten was two dozen. Okay. But um, I collect, like, when I buy eggs, I buy 30 of them at a time from the co-op oh, in one of those little flats. Sense. I uh-huh. just, like, take the whole thing. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably more expensive than the co-op. Probably. But, but like, I bet the eggs are gorgeous. They are. Do the they have, like, bright orange yeah. yolks and stuff? Fucking yeah. A. It's probably totally worth it. They're They're nice. <laughs> they're nice. And then we get like a big bag of, it's like almost two pounds of mixed mushrooms. There are two kinds. This last time was chestnut and lion's mane, which was kind of exciting. Lion's yeah. mane is that big yes. cauliflower looking one. Yes. And we get maitake sometimes, mm. which are delicious. Nice. I had not really had a large volume of maitake. Me either. And they are I, I knew of them because I was, you know, adjacent to the food world and they were the thing probably mm, 2019, really? maybe 2018. Yeah. 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 Um, just pre pandemic. And they were just all the chefs were talking about Mayataki. Mm. Um, and, and I did. So I knew of their reputation. And I feel like I'd had them in a few things and like they have a yeah. very rich and and complex uh, woody kind of flavor. Ooh. And then we got this bag of them and I was like, oh, yeah, these deserve every bit of what they get. Nice. They are. Uh, I have some mushrooms from R&R Mushrooms upstairs. OK. They grow in Roseville. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so yeah, like I I know the Lunds and Byerly's carries them and the co-op carries them, too. And I can't remember the name of the ones that I have right now. I think they're called beech nut mushrooms. Uh-huh. Uh, beech mushrooms are, uh, I've gotten those They're before. kind of like orangey caps mm-hmm. with a longish skinny stem. They also come in a white variety they're and a nummy. dark brown variety. I just like eat them one at a time like chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, um, those are quite nice and they're like a fun size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are great. I want to grow more mushrooms. Like my goal down here is when I have all of my shelves like set up and all of my grow lights and all of the things I need, I want to have a little like s- section for growing like oyster mushrooms or something. A dark corner. Yeah, a little dark corner a down little here. Dark mushroom corner. Yeah, yeah. I find mushrooms fascinating. Me too. I want to go morel hunting. That I've only gone morel hunting once. Did you find any? I did not. Oh poop. I have occasionally, I have found them in the wild, I think, twice. We were not specifically looking for them and mm. did happen across them. Did you eat them or no? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Were they just... I don't want to, I don't want to out anybody. No. But there is a person that you and I both know. Oh. oh. Um, <clears throat> uh, yes. Who may or may not. Have a secret morale hunting spot? No, 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 no. Has a weird 
got in a weird fight with me about not eating mushrooms from the woods. Oh, what? No way. Yeah, I'm like, what the heck? And they were like, well, I just, I don't eat wild, I don't eat mushrooms from the woods. I'm like, you know, wild mushrooms are in all kinds of things. And like, I feel like this person has now dug their heels in and been like, I just don't eat wild mushrooms. And there's just a part of me that's like, I call BS. I feel like you would have eaten wild mushrooms a million places. You just don't yes. want these ones. Yeah. Because I don't know. Do you not trust me? Do you not trust Wild the other people? Wild mushrooms are on all these menus everywhere. I know. That can't be right. This person has to have eaten wild mushrooms, even if they claim they didn't. Right. And then they were like, well, I just don't want ones from the woods. And I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> where do you what? think mushrooms go? Right. It just felt so weird. By the way, speaking of mushrooms, I have tried chaga. Oh, you have. What do you think? I fucking love it. Really? I okay. love to make because all the people I know are like it's kind of a little BS. Ooh, so that's good to know. I love the way it tastes. I don't. I can't make any like claims to its like efficacy oh. as an alternative medicine or anything like that. I might have a line on a whole f ton of it because oh, it's expensive. Oh yes, it is. That and was I wild love it. Harvested. Do you know what I love about it? It's I taste. love that there are antioxidants in it. Yes. So if you can unlock the cell walls of the mushrooms by like boiling it and steeping it for a long time you can actually get some nutrients out of it so i know that there is some nutrient content to mm-hmm. it but that's not what i'm really concerned about uh i tried it just because i can't drink coffee because caffeine makes me absolutely fucking psychotic right it's worst drug ever worst the british empire of drugs the british empire of drugs caffeine. is caffeine and so um it was like oh some people like to put chaga in their coffee well, so I brewed like a whole fucking thing of mm-hmm. it on my stove and I did it. I submitted it for hours and hours and hours and hours. And then I had this really super concentrated liquid that basically looked like when you get like coffee concentrate. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you like iced coffee concentrate and you yeah. keep in the fridge. So I would just pour a little of it out and then I mixed it with goat milk and it tasted to me kind of like like it reminded me a lot of drinking iced coffee that sounds cool so i was just able to drink a ton of it and i was like well this is great because i really like it it has some arguable health benefits like it's not going to be bad for me Mm -hmm. if i drink a bunch of it um and also like it's not going to make me insane from caffeine anxiety and that's great that seems like a real big plus real big plus and so now i'm like man a chaga is probably just as expensive pound for well it's more expensive pound for pound than coffee but like you can make it so concentrated from the grounds of it that like i would think you could get almost as much coffee out of that as you could out of liquid out of it as you could liquid out of it as you could coffee out of a pound of coffee can you re-steep it too i believe so i would guess i mean i think you can just like go and go and go and go and go with that stuff um it's like hyper concentrated so yeah i would totally take a bunch of it oh i love the way it tastes like earthy and kind of like coffee but not i don't know i just really liked it sure that's cool yeah mushrooms man Mm -hmm. mushrooms i like all kinds of funguses I love I love mushrooms. I love nutritional yeast. I love nutri. Oh! I love nutritional yeast so so much. Delicious. Did I tell you the story of the popcorn and finding the <gasps> childhood nooch? Some people know. call nutritional yeast nooch. Right. Um uh so uh, listeners if you've already heard this um well good for you good for you good boy buster um <laughs> hi buster yeah hi sugar puss um <laughs> your sugar puss isn't a dog uh that's i just want to be clear <laughs> buster is buster is um and so 
when I was a kid, we had uh, nutritional yeast, and that's what we put on our popcorn. And this is very common. And I, and at some point in my childhood, uh, the format the of the nutritional yeast changed. Oh, yes. And it went, and it became like more flaky, and it uh-huh. didn't adhere to the popcorn as well. Yes. And I'm not alone in this. I have talked to other people who love nutritional yeast uh, yep. popcorn and remember this. And like, I was like, do you remember it used to be different? And as soon as I say anything, do you remember it used to? People are like, oh my God. It used <laughs> to, like, this is like a shared, I've had this shared experience with strangers yes. around the format change yes. and, and the switching from a powder to a flake. So I recently was in central Wisconsin uh, uh, visiting people and uh, <laughs> in somebody's cupboard I saw a little jar labeled nutritional yeast and it was this fine powder it looked oh. like cheese powder and I was like oh, where did you get this and at the you know their local area central Wisconsin food co-op no way and so we went and I was like oh my god I'm so excited and so this is the thing I think is hilarious about this story several people are like one of the things I was most excited about, and I was explaining this to some people, was I want to see if this triggers my memory. Because to be clear, what I remember is not the old formula that we liked. I just remembered all of the times we would eat popcorn and be like, well, this isn't like the old stuff. Yeah. I just remember all the fallout, all the disappointment. Yeah. The years of being like, it used to be better. But I don't actually remember the quote unquote better stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember that like (laughs) fallout from it, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. This vivid, vivid memory, but not of the thing that supposedly we miss. (laughs) It just seems so human, you know? Yeah. You're like, you know, we're complaining about this thing that was delicious, but we don't actually remember the delicious thing. We just remember the complaining. So great. <laughs> Welcome to being human. Oh. Aliens, if you're getting this, this that is the human experience. That's in a nutshell. Right there. Zing. <laughs> and we move bacteria from our throat to our genitals. Great job, guys. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So I found powdered nutritional yeast yep. uh, at the Stevens Point Co-op in central Wisconsin. If anyone else remembers this, they have it. Did you try it again? And like, what, I did, and, and it's fantastic. Did it spark any memories, like any direct memories of like, oh, that's right, this was what this was like? No, but it was yeah. really good. Great. It was better than the flaky stuff. What's the deal? I don't know. Like the co-op, I remember my mom telling me that, and I know this, my mother is uh, not... Uh, helped start many food co-ops understands that she is an owner of the food co-op and Mm -hmm. takes full advantage of that she uses her member discount on the case back and has them order cases of her favorite chocolate and oat milk and then you get the 10 percent on top of your member discount and we'll go and come like say i want this version so i am sure my mother let them know she was not happy with the new flaky nutritional yeast. Yep. This was probably in the mid 80s. So this is quite a while. Ago. <laughs> and I got the impression that like it wasn't available anymore. Yeah. But the, 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 so I don't, and I don't really remember. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I have faith that my mother was um, a pain in somebody's side about it. Right. <laughs> and so that if they could have got it, they probably would have. Right. So I sort of believe them that, and I don't know if they changed manufacturers or what, but. It's so weird. 
The only thing about the new stuff is you have to be really careful that you don't breathe in while you're putting a piece in your mouth. Otherwise, yes. you get a little, a little uh, it catches in the back of your throat. <laughs> it's, yeah. God. Oh, don't let him scratch the oh. sauna. I saw him eyeballing it. He's going to go for it. My cat is about to scratch the wall of the sauna to sharpen his claws. We're poised. And we're going to pounce on him if he does it. Oh, that jerk. Well, anyway. He's just looking. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have for people? Or, oh. or let's oh, see. We're at dry things and powder them. Yes, dry things and powder them. Rhubarb powder? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could just make your own sour anything. Uh, I have a recipe for... Um, I think it would make really good popsicles if you rehydrated the rhubarb powder sure. in water or like... I don't know, fruit juice of some kind with chunks of rhubarb and then put that into popsicles. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could just also puree it maybe and strain it out. Well, but it does change. So that's what I liked you about with the asparagus. I yeah. have never found a way to use asparagus stems that you snap off because right. they're so fibrous. Yeah. Even though I've like pureed them and strained them. But when I dehydrated them and then put them in the blender and got that powder... They rehydrated much mm. better, so perhaps rhubarb it might with the fiber there as well. But the mushroom yeah. powder, um, asparagus powder, I'm excellent. still working on. But the mushroom powder was amazing. Rhubarb powder. Mm -hmm. um, one time I made, I tried to make uh, pineapple fruit leather, and I uh, didn't make my layers quite thick enough, so it was a relatively thin leather, mm -hmm. and then it got a little too dry, and oh. I had these pineapple chips they were almost like the Ooh. texture of a pringle you know where you put it in your mouth and it just shatters yeah like it doesn't have a lot of structural yeah. stability it was a little thinner than a pringle but it had that kind of shattery quality but it tasted like pineapple it was that sounds incredible it was it was <laughs> i'm i'm just i'm not gonna lie it was so good that sounds absolutely imagine delightful. the most perfect kale chip but not greasy and tastes like pineapple so ah. nothing like kale yes <laughs> Yes. I think that food so dehydrators seem dehydrators like cool. a great way to fail at stuff. I think it's hard to really fuck things up. Right. Yeah, like even yeah. if it's a fail, it's like, oh, this is pretty good. Yeah. Or you just rehydrate it or yeah. like it's just they. Yes, I would agree. I think they're very forgiving. Yeah. Many, many things are good at lots of different dehydrated levels. I focus so, on the failure because, you know, like I'm a worst case scenario kind of person. Like I want to understand yeah. risk. And so I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? I agree. I actually feel that that dehydrators are very, very low risk. You can do lots of things in them. And they're kind of fun to experiment with. Similar to deep fryers. Yes. I had a period of time where in high school, my mm. best friend and I would like deep fry everything. everything. What happens if we fry this? Only most things you deep fry are gross. Yeah. And most things you dehydrate are delicious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You can do put an avocado in either and you're probably gonna be happier. With. Ooh. There's no just think of all the things. Like we tried deep we tried deep frying that topping for apple crisp, mm -hmm. you know, that's just like butter and brown sugar and oats. Yes. So of course it just fell apart and we just had like deep fried oats. But if you put that <laughs> in a dehydrator, I mean there's not a lot of moisture to get rid of. But still yeah. I think it would probably be better. I just think <laughs> it inspires that same kind of I wonder what happens if, but you're more likely to like yeah. it. I think um, people who are very successful at deep frying things are people at the state fair. Yes, they also have very good setups. Deep fried Oreos. 
Deep frying is worth, I think, paying someone else to do. Right. I really feel deep it's fried wonderful. Snickers. I would I, love to eat a deep fried Snickers. It does not sound appealing to me, but I do not mm. want to yuck someone else's yum. Mm. That's a good. That's a good rule to live by. Yeah. I it. Uh, yeah. But I'm weird about sugar. You know. Yeah. Raised by hippies and all. I love sugar so much. I mean, don't all humans? <laughs> I love genetically it. engineered. I would to- if I was given the opportunity to just, just be able to live for the rest of my life and be healthy, but eat nothing but cake. I'd be like, I'm on board with that. Really? Yeah, I'll eat. It. I I'll do. I'll just cake, cake forever. I didn't know that. I love I love desserts. I mean, I know you love fruit, but I assumed I didn't know that that I was like fruit. a sugar substitute. Oh no! I mean, I yeah, I guess I eat a lot of fruit because I like sweet things. You always have the most beautiful fruit of any fruit. friend I know. Oh, so yummy. You always have fruit in the house and you pick good fruit and you get your fruit ripe. Like you. Thanks. I'm a, and I'm picky and judgy about produce. I was raised by a produce. My mom was a produce buyer for a long time. And so like I manage the produce in our house. Yeah. I, I rotate the the peaches every day so they don't get moldy on the side that's next to the bowl and i adjust the avocados so thoughtful some of the avocados live by the bananas when you want them to ripen faster but then i have to gauge how quickly we're going to eat everything and put them in the fridge and sometimes you put them in the fridge so they'll ripen more slowly Mm -hmm. and then other times i put them in the fridge because they're ready to eat so i also have to label them clearly so other people oh it's kind of a lot of work amazing though that's so great i just uh I only get avocados if I'm ready to make something with them right away. But sometimes they're not ready when you get them. I know. So you have to plan. It's always tricky. I know. It's really hard. Yeah. But, well, I'm just hard. impressed with your fruit. Thanks. You were going to say a while ago that perhaps we were at time. No, I was just going to say we are. We have made it to an hour and 11 minutes. But uh, we don't, that doesn't mean we have to stop. I was just. I could quickly give people what you I are think a working is person, the rundown so. of what matters with a food dehydrator. Yes. My former job. So. Yes. <laughs> so first one must, I think, very importantly decide how much do you care about things being square? Things I being eat, square? Are you going to make crackers? Oh, okay. Uh, because if you want things to be square, you need, I think they're going to have the best performance with a dehydrator that has a rear mounted fan. Ah. So if you imagine... A box mm-hmm. that you got in the mail and the top is the part where the address is and the bottom is the part on the table. Mm-hmm. Any of the sides is where you would want to put your fan. Yes. So it is blowing across. The top of the food. Yes. The surface of the food. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then so your your racks kind of you know stack like they would in the oven. If yeah. you imagine the fan at the very back of your oven, back yes. wall of your oven. Yeah. Um, the thing about that style, uh, because you want very even... Um, you want air to be moving across all of your food. Yes. You want a little bit of heat and you really want to move your heat efficiently. Okay. And so um, by blowing across the food in that horizontal form, you're going to get pretty even coverage in a square space. Yes. Because if you are trying to move things around within a square space, like with a bottom or top mounted fan. Uh Uh-huh. Air naturally kind of wants to convect, you know, it has circular patterns. Mm -hmm. And so you get like, well, you know what happens when you make a pan of brownies? What happens to the corners? 
they tend to get they overdone. Get crispy, yeah. Right. And so in a, if you had a top or a bottom mounted fan with a square pan, mm-hmm. that's going to happen there too. It's you, you're really not. So with top or bottom mounted, bottom mounted fans, you're looking at a, a round setup. Most of them are actually slightly donut shaped so that the air comes up. The best ones, the air comes up through the center ah. hole, hits an insulated lid, and then actually goes back down through a channel on the wall. Oh, the wall is like a, has a center And that's for vent. if you don't care about cracker shapes. That's, yes. Okay. So the plus side of the rear-mounted box ones mm-hmm. uh, is that they're square. Yep. And that you can take out all the trays. So if you want to do something really big like... Um, a sunflower head oh, or something sure, like that yeah. where you didn't want to crush something. Yeah. Or you can even use them to like make yogurt or proof bread because they're really just a big box sure. that you can slide things into or not. So that's just great about them. What's not great about them is they're fixed in size. Uh-huh. They You are dehydrating the same volume of space. It's just a box. Mm-hmm. And then you can load up the box however you want. And that's why you can do lots of different shapes and sizes. But... If you, say, have a garden where, like, sometimes you're going to have a huge influx of, say, all your tomatoes come in at the same time or yes. all your strawberries or yes. something, those things that all kind of come in at once, yeah, you can't just make it bigger. And since dehydrating can take, depending on what you're doing, I would say four hours is a short dehydration time. Okay. 36 is to 48 is a long one. Oh, all right. So you're making a pretty decent time commitment regardless yeah like it's on it you don't have to stay with it but mm-hmm. you know if something if it you takes to, like 12 hours no no exactly you don't have to you can leave it alone oh you can leave it unattended okay but still if it takes 12 hours a batch that just is really gonna yeah slow things down yeah so the plus of the top or bottom mounted fans which will then be in a round configuration is that depending on how powerful your fan is mm-hmm. you um, now you're working with a vertical column of air, yes. you can put more trays in it. You can make a taller column or a shorter column. And it won't diminish the efficacy of it? There is a range depending on your fan. Okay. So uh, I have a very nice one that has a very powerful bottom-mounted fan. Yeah. And that'll do up to 30 trays, which probably would stack Whoa. about... That's so many. and a half feet tall. Yeah. I or it can I, do one tray. That's amazing. Yeah. Less powerful ones, particularly top mounted fan ones, you may have a limitation of eight to 12 trays, depending on the brand. So, what kind is yours? I have a um, Nesco Garden Master. That sounds like what I need. Mm hmm. Ju- I just judging from the name. Yes. And the fact that it stacks 30 high. So, right. And so, these are just both very great dehydrators and they do different things like the tray style is much harder if you're doing something that's tall or bulky Mm -hmm. or irregular Mm -hmm. it it would be really awkward to do yogurt or bread in it right you know sometimes apparently some people do like make their own potpourri oh yeah and so like they want to have like whole flower heads and stuff and so then with the Mm -hmm. tray style you know, you're maybe limited to about an inch yeah the clearance is too height yeah Yeah. exactly so like you Mm. could do rose hips but probably not yeah big things but yeah so those are all my things uh oh last tip uh opaque because your food's going to be in there for a long time uh-huh clear is going to let in light and if you yep. are trying to preserve nutrients That's keeping things thing. away from light is ideal. well i never would have thought of that mm-hmm. mm, that's good advice 
I didn't know like you could like so you ha- is there an option if you're buying these food dehydrators to get the opaque or the not opaque ones? Uh it would be more a brand function. Usually less expensive uh food dehydrators are uh, might be square uh but have a bottom or top mounted fan mm-hmm. they might be opaque mm-hmm. or i mean clear translucent excuse me they might be see through mm-hmm. um and so though those might be things reasons you wouldn't want to buy those models where did you get yours at the kitchen window i did ah uh, where do you think somebody could get a good dehydrator now uh i mean there's certainly any health food store okay will have them they are a staple of health food stuff and there's several places online hmm. um I'm sure Nesco has a website you could probably buy directly from them. I'll have to um, check that out. I'm excited and about this. possibly uh, like a fleet farm place might have them as well. Oh yeah, I bet because they do they have actually a fantastic meat grinder and sausage yeah. making section. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing I do with my dehydrators. I make I think very good jerky. <laughs> I bet it's great. It's really super good it's so good it's so good well so dehydrators dehydrators they're great dehydrate some peppers oh uh do be prepared for them to have a i don't want to say dehydrators are stinky oh but there's gonna be a smell what kind of a smell it's gonna be like a if you imagine whatever you're dehydrating and you squeezed out some juice of it and boiled it down on the stove, it's going to mm-hmm. smell like that. Oh. Okay. It's fine, but I can't think of many things that smell amazing. Maybe the mushrooms. <laughs> so they just don't smell good when you're dehydrating them? Yeah. So the space you're dehydrating in. Doesn't smell great. Yeah. And if you have better airflow, that's better too. So like okay. if you have a well-ventilated garage... We have a sun porch that's perfect when it's not full of cats. Oh, all right. Um, you know, if you do it in your basement and you can like have a dehydrator or a, a dehumidifier running or mm-hmm. like get actual ventilation in your basement. Yeah. Um, but like if you're going to do it in your kitchen, yeah. just be prepared that. It might smell weird. There's just going to be an odor. Be prepared <laughs> for an odor. It's not horrible. But if you aren't expecting it, it could be. Yeah. It could affect your enjoyment, and okay. I want you to enjoy your dehydrator. <laughs> also, Mary Bell is the queen of dehydrator cookbooks. Cookbooks aren't a thing anymore, but if you're going to buy one, buy buy one written by Mary Bell. All right, she she really has has. Well, that's done a good rec recommendation. Yeah, there we go, Mary Bell. Mary Bell food dehydration. Uh-huh. Oh, I love this. Mm-hmm. We've done good work here today, my we friend. We have. We have. All right. Well, All right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Go uh, out there. Get some mushrooms and dehydrate them. And grow some peppers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Harry.